come on, lift your hands and just say, He's the risen Savior. Come on, lift your hands and just say, He's the risen Savior. Come on, one more time, just say, You are the risen Savior. Now, come on, put your hands together and just, come on, let's celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Come on, celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, happy Easter to each and every one of you on today. We're so grateful that you're here today. Something happened so miraculous beyond a miracle over 2,000 years ago. Jesus gave his life because of the will of his father. <laughs> you guys have been hearing me teach about that sometimes we minimize the death of Jesus with the saying, Jesus died for me. He did. But it's more than that. Jesus died so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. <laughs> Jesus died so that the will of his Father might be fulfilled in all creation, not just in the earth, but in all creation. And I am a living witness that because I believe in the begotten Son, <laughs> that because I believe that I share in the redeeming fulfillment of his death. Jesus died to fulfill the scripture, to fulfill the will of his father. And his father now grants humanity, the earth, all mankind, the benefit of walking in the redeeming death of his son. <laughs> Can you see that? Can you see that? Now Easter really means something to me because I don't just minimize Easter to just me. The resurrection is bigger than me. Come on now, come on now. The, the, the resurrection is, 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 is so much bigger than just mankind that we forget about his father. So for the next few moments, I just want to talk on the subject of a son cries for his father. The cry of a son for his father. Thank you, worship ministry. I really appreciate you all. I really want you to hear this today. Uh, many of us are preaching that he got up and that's great. But I really want to take my time as we begin to prepare for this next journey of manifestation. We're in that season of Pentecost. <laughs> the church was grieving the beginning of March, Wednesday, March 4th. We went through a season of repentance. We went through a season of renewal, reconciliation, where a season of penance where we asked God to forgive us, a season of examination. We celebrated Holy Week, which represents Holy Thursday, 
where Jesus gives his life. Good Friday. We celebrated today the resurrection. But I really want to put us on a journey that's going to take us to the birthday of the church. The fulfillment of the finished work. When you worship Jesus now, you have to worship him now, not being on a cross, not being in a grave, not still being in, in the human form that he was seen, but now we have to worship him in his ascended place. He's now seated, just like you, seated in a seat, a place where you rest, a place where there is no work, there is no labor. But I want to just talk here from the subject, a son's cry for his father. I'm reminded of a song that we used to sing uh, back in the day. Uh, Y'all pray for my son, he's, he's getting there, you know, I'm, we're working with him. Um, but I remember this song simply titled, There is no greater love, there is no greater love. There is no greater love. Jesus went to Calvary to save a wretch like you and me. That's love. That's love. They hung him high. They stretched him wide. For me he died. For me he died. That's love. Y'all remember that? Come on, Joey. You remember? That's love. That's now. Come on. That's not how the story ends. Three days later, he rose again. That's love. I really want to begin to take us back to those moments. So Rock Church, we're getting ready to go back to a season where we sang songs about Jesus Christ. Come on now, we, we, we sang songs where people would hear those songs and they would begin to cry before the altar call. And by the time the altar call happened, they were running to the altar weeping and crying because they heard songs that talked about Jesus. They heard songs talked about the redeeming Savior being Jesus Christ. The music is great today, but I really believe that if we're going to win this generation, we've got to take them to a place that they've never been. A place where they can hear the word Jesus. I know y'all get ready to get mad at me, but not Yahshua. You, you know, I think that we use the word Yahshua as if you're saying something important, but you got to be careful. Uh, there were a lot of Yahshua's in the New Testament. There, 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 were, there were many versions of Jesus, but there was only one. Come on now, let, let's be correct. Are you talking about the one who died? Are you talking about the one who gave his life? Or are, are you talking about the one and only who got up out of the grave? See, there's a difference. Come on now. Uh, they 
all died. Come on now. Uh, 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 they, they all went to the grave. But there's only one Jesus that got up. Come on. At the end of the day, we can have the conversation that your God, whoever you worship, whoever you pray to, we can all settle the account. There was only one living son that got up out of the grave. Come on now. There's only one. There, there, there is only one who died on the cross, shed all of this blood, had holes in his hands. Come on, Monica. He had a hole in his side. He had, he had holes in his feet. Come on now. He, he had a thorn of crowns pressed down into his head. But at the end of the day, we have to settle the case that Jesus, come on now, Jesus Christ, come on now, that, that's not a synonym, that's not an antonym, it's not, a, it's his name. Uh, come on now, as, as, as Father Robert Logan says, uh, Ronald Logan says, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, Christ is not his last name, it's just his name. Come on now. So I really want us to hear this today so that we can really begin to look at the life of Jesus through the reflection of a son who cries for his father. I want you to go to the book of Mark. The book of Mark, chapter number 14. Uh, it's, a, it's a heavy passage here. I want to just do a little reading. It says here, they came to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here until I have prayed. Verse 33, and he took with him Peter, James, and John and began to be very distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch. Verse number 35 in chapter number 14 of Mark. And he went a little beyond them and fell to the ground and began to pray that if it were possible, the hour might pass him. And he was saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet not I will, but you will. Verse number 37, it says, And he came and found them sleeping and said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not come into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, he went on and he prayed, saying, uh, saying the same words. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came a third time, and he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? It is not enough that the hour has come. And behold, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up and let us get going. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. I, I want to settle right there in verses 34, verses 33 through 36. I want us to settle there. Uh, a son who cries for his father. I, I want you to think about something. Jesus, for the first time, we can see here that Jesus 
is at a moment in his life where he begins to feel the pressure of his true assignment. Jesus begins to feel the pressure mounting in his life, mounting in his life, that he's about to taste a cup, that he's about to endure what his father sent him to fulfill, death. Come on now. Uh, Jesus came into the earth not to be a superstar, not to be famous, uh, not to be so much known for his miracle signs and wonders. Everything that Jesus did was for those to believe. Uh, but here, uh, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, I believe it's over in Luke. Luke says uh, uh, that he went to the Garden of Gethsemane as it was his custom, a place where he went to pray place where he found solace and a place where he knew that he could be refreshed but then he comes back to Gethsemane at a moment in his life where what was now a place of peace becomes a place of anguish a place where he begins to feel number one I want to talk about this uh, uh, the cry of a son for his father uh, Jesus finds himself in the middle of a place where he once found peace it says here in verse 33 uh, he became distressed and troubled troubled to the point a sign of emotional anxiety in one's behavior uh, bishop are you saying that jesus uh, became very troubled he he was distressed can i tell you yes why because he was in his humanity he was in the human form where he had to feel the natural pain of death he had to feel the natural pains of distress and anxiety. I like what Luke says here. Uh, Luke, Luke, Luke goes a little different and Luke goes a little deeper. Luke says that he became so troubled and distressed. Come on now. Uh, number two, that his soul became deeply grieved to the point of death. I need you to really look at the life of Jesus. Uh, he's the man that turned the water into wine. Uh, he was born of the Virgin Mary. Uh, there is no seed, come on now, uh, to track his conception. Come on now. Uh, he was sent. He was already existing, and his father sent him into a living world as a man, as a baby boy. Come on now. Uh, he used his hands as a carpenter. He healed people. He opened the blind eyes. Uh, uh, he forgives. The, the adulterous woman come on now uh, he does so many things he preaches in the temple uh, but we can see Jesus here in a place that he's never imagined that he would be come on now I, I really believe that just like God does you and I um, he did not reveal so much of this that Jesus at this point has to deal with his distress and his anguish to the point that he becomes deeply grieved. 
Come on now, I, I'm grieved. Have you ever heard grandmama say, I'm grieved in my spirit uh, that these young men are, are completely just tearing up the neighborhood? Uh, ha have you ever heard mama and daddy say, my soul is just grieved? Grieved to the point that I don't want nobody to call me. I don't want nobody to talk to me. I don't know how to pray. I, I just don't feel like lifting my hands. My, my soul is so grieved to the point uh, that Jesus felt death in his body uh, come on now I, I, I don't believe any of us have ever gotten to that point uh, they say that women when they're birthing out a child uh, it takes them to the point of death but I don't believe that they even get to this point because it says that he was deeply grieved to the point of death I like what Luke says. Luke says, grieve to the point of death that his sweat now becomes blood. Come on now. Uh, so grieve to the point, uh, Jalen, that you start sweating and the sweat becomes blood. Come on now. Uh, who is that man? Come on now. He's already bleeding in the garden. He, he's already dead in the garden, but he has to submit to the death. Oh, come on now, there are things that are happening and occurring in your life that God wants you to submit to the death of your flesh, submit to the death of your own will so that the will of God may go forth in your life. I like what it says here, uh, in many cases the thing that comes to kill us takes place in our lives before the actual natural death occurs. Did y'all hear this? Jesus was already dead before he got to the cross. Come on now. Uh, he, he was already dead and he had already accepted his death before he got to the cross. Uh, the cross was simply uh, a sign of what he had already went through spiritually. It was already a sign that he had already accepted it. But then I like what he says here. Uh, uh, after being distressed and troubled after being deeply grieved to the point of death we see Jesus for the first time ask his daddy something that we've never seen him ask he he says uh I, I'm so grieved daddy I, I'm so grieved father uh will you allow this hour to pass me by uh, come on now, I, I, I never knew that the pain would feel this way. I, I, I never knew that death would feel like this uh, because I never knew what it means meant to be depressed. Uh, I, I never meant what it means to, to be suicidal. Uh, I, I never meant what it feels to be like a, a thief, a robber, a, a liar, uh, an adulterer, a fornicator, uh, uh, somebody who's stealing and dishonoring you. Uh, Father, I've only known what it means to honor you. Uh, I've only known what it means to feel good in your presence but something is wrong here something is wrong here uh, uh, I didn't know that the cup was going to taste like this come on now uh, uh, have you ever been given a meal that you did not expect to get you go to a fancy restaurant and you look at it and they put this little plate on the table and there's little food there and you've never eaten it before and your senses in your mouth begins to say uh, that's not going to taste too good but you've got to eat it come on now because you're sitting at the table with people that accept you 
or that have, that have decided to say if you're sitting here you got to eat at the table what I put on the what I put in your plate you got to eat I remember when my mama made lima beans I remember when she made some Brussels sprouts I remember coming home thinking that my mama was frying chicken just to find out she was making liver and she put the liver on the table and I didn't like the liver and she says there's nothing else to eat you're either going to be hungry or you're going to eat it come on now even the cat got tired of eating my leftover liver uh, because I would drop it on the floor and the cat said, no, I don't like liver. No, I don't want your liver. Come on now. And don't let it get cold. It's the worst when it gets cold. But everybody would say liver is good. It, it tastes good. Liver never tastes good to me. Still don't taste good to me. There's some things in your life that don't taste good. But God is saying it's on your plate. It's a part of your purpose. It's a part of your destiny. You got to take what's in the cup. Come on now, uh, come on now, come on now, liver, uh, don't bring me no liver, come on now, uh, come on now, Brittany, don't fry me no liver, I, I don't want it, don't ask me about it, I don't like the taste of liver, it smells like chicken, it smells good when you're frying it, then they put the gravy on it, it smells good, but you put it in your mouth and it's just like, what the world is this? You know, lima beans and all of the other stuff. Come, uh, Think about some of the things that you don't like, that you have to eat. Think about some of the things that you don't like, but you have to go through the process of living life. Come on now. Think about some of the choices that don't taste good to you, but you've got to take the death of process. You, you've got to take this death and you've got to own it yourself. Jesus being what? Distressed full of anxiety, full of anguish to the point that he felt death, that he turns to his daddy and he says, will you let this cup pass? Um, for the first time, we can see his father doesn't answer him. Uh, it's a bad feeling when you love your father. He's giving you everything. He's been right there. And the moment that you need him, he turns his back on you. The moment that you need him, he doesn't answer you because you're now taking the test. Jesus was now taking the test, Linda. He, he was now taking the test in the garden. Without the garden, there can be no Calvary. Without the garden, there can be no trial. Without the garden, there can be no 30 lashes. Without the garden, he's not beaten. Without this garden, come on now, there is no manifestation of his death. Each and every one of you have a garden that God wants to place you in so that your flesh will die. So that your flesh will get out of the way. He, he says it right here. He, he says that he prays that his hour might pass him by. At the point, Jesus knows that he has arrived at the door of no return. Uh, at, at the point of no return, uh, he looks at his father and he calls out to him and he says, Abba, Father. He reminds him that he is the only one that has the power. Now, did, did y'all see that? Now, Jesus has the power to change this. Jesus himself has the power uh, to walk away from this, but he understands that his power doesn't belong to him. His power was given to him through his father, and it would have been illegal for him to not ask for his father to use his power to redeem him. 
Uh, he, he looks at his father and he says, you are the only one that can change this course in my life. You're, you're the only one uh, uh, that, that, that can make this right. And I really believe that he senses that his father's not going to change his mind. You heard it, that God is not a man that he should lie. That, that God is not a man that he doesn't change his mind. He doesn't change his course. Uh, but he causes you and I to taste the cup. He causes you and I to submit to the anguish, to the pain, to the agony. He causes you and I to understand that this cup belongs to you and only you. And in the cup is the abuse. In the cup is the betrayal. In the cup is the spitting in your face. In the cup is the persecution. In the cup is rejection. In the cup is a bankruptcy. In the cup is a divorce. In the cup are so many things that you yourself didn't do. But if you are going to raise up the next generation, you and I must experience a garden experience just like Jesus. Uh, I've been saying for the last few days uh, uh, that we as a church cannot allow this generation, my, my children's generation, my nephew's generation uh, to ever go back to a Babylon God. I believe that the pandemic released this generation from serving a Babylon God. And they're looking for Jerusalem. They're looking for places of worship. They're looking for transparency, uh, transparency, a place where they can come and understand that it only takes Jesus to make it better. If we don't teach them Jesus, they're going to die. If we don't teach them Jesus, they're going to go back to the Babylonian God. If we don't teach them Jesus, they're going to live out their life in the club. If we don't teach them Jesus, they're going to think that smoking weed all day long is something that's all right. They're going to think that sleeping around with every chick is good. They're going to think that staying and doing all of this other stuff is going to work out for them. We've got to take them back to Jesus. Jesus went to Calvary. They stressed him wide. They hung him high. He bowed his head. For me, he died. That's love. Come on now. Love ain't the dude coming up to you talking about, baby, you know, we've been together for a while, and you get engaged for the next five years, and the Negro won't even marry you. Come on now. That's a lie. Jesus loved you so much that he gave his life, and when he gave his life, he gave you the redemption right then and there. He didn't make you wait for anything. He said, I give it to you now. You got to be careful. Come on. Let's get in here. Jesus loved you so much that he took the nails in his hand that he took the nails in his feet come on now uh, Jesus loved you and I so much that the will of his father became his only assignment the will of his daddy although his daddy was not there to help him although his daddy did not send the angels from heaven to redeem him his daddy said I need you to stay on the cross son I need you to take one for the team Oh, come on now, I'm looking at somebody. Are you willing to take one for your team? Are you willing to take one for your generation? Are you willing to be the sacrifice? Are you willing to get to a cross and deny yourself and to carry your cross and to be a true follower of Jesus Christ, the real Jesus? Come on now. 
I ain't talking about no Jesus that, 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 that did not perform miracles. Come on now. You, you got to be careful now. Uh, Jesus is real. Come on now. Jesus is real. Come on now. Uh, the thing that I love about his father is that his father says, all I need for you to die, all I need for you to do is just die. I just need for you to just give your life. Come on now. I sent you there to die for me. I sent you there to fulfill the scriptures. Come on now. Jesus said it when they arrested him. He said, I've been preaching in the temple and you never put hands on me but I now understand but now the scriptures are being fulfilled at the hand of my betrayal uh, you really don't love God you're really not serving God until you are betrayed mm. come on now stop trying to hide away from your Judas your Judas pushes you to the cross your Judas causes you to accept your assignment that I got to die. Without Judas, there is no cross. Without Judas, there is no resurrection. Without the betraying of Jesus, come on now. Because they, 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 uh, without it, nothing would have happened. What am I here to say to you? Jesus took one for the team. He not only took one for the team, but he took one for your diabetes. Come on now. He took one for heart attacks. He took one for suicide, depression, frustration, anxiety. He took one for all sin. Come on now. He took one for sexual abuse. He took one for mental abuse. He took one for emotional abuse. He took it for all disease. Come on now. He took it for all infirmity and all sickness. Come on now. He took it on his back. So that the will of his father might be fulfilled. But the son cries for his father. And his father understands that I've got to do something that only I can do. Come on now. Jesus dies on the cross. Uh, he dies at the hand of man. Come on now. He tells them, and in three days, come on now, I will rebuild the temple. In three days, I will get up out of the ground. How in the world are you going to get up out of the ground? Jesus comes into the world and he calls Lazarus from the grave. But the greatest miracle is that his father, come on now, ah, come on now, his father got him out of the grave. Come on now, Jesus didn't get up by himself. Jesus didn't do the miracle. This is not a miracle. It's just something miraculous. It's something beyond a miracle. His father raises him from the grave and he responds to his cry by resurrecting him. He says, I never forget sake you. I've never seen my seed begging for bread. I told you that no weapon formed against you. I told you that I would always be there. That I would walk with you. I would talk with you. I would drive with you. Wherever you go, I'm going to be there. But the moment you die is the moment that I will answer your call. The moment that you submit to the cup that belongs to you and your generation, you gotta die so that I can raise you up again. Come on now, hear it. If nothing dies in your life, there's nothing for God to resurrect. You got to die so that your dream can live. You got to die so that destiny in your life can be resurrected. Come on now. Resurrection happens when something dies. When something has been buried. But you know what I like about Jesus' death? Come on now. There was no embalming. <laughs> Come on now. He bled out on the cross. Let's just talk about it. 
Yeah, I'm about to wreck somebody's theology right now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he bled out on the cross. Make sure when they pierced him in the side, he bled out. When he got to the grave, he was done. But his father, the love of a father. I've been disconnected from my children for so many years. I've been disconnected from destiny so many years. But the moment I've decided to die, the moment I decide to give my life, the moment I decide to carry a cross and to stay there, Jesus never said a mumbling word. Uh, uh, they could hear the nails when they hit him in his hands. Come on now. They rang all through the city. Come on now. But he never said a mumbling word. Come on now. He stayed on that cross. Ah, and that final, that final, that sixth word. Come on now. He says, Lord, it is finished. I finished my course. I finished my race. And his father said, that's all I wanted you to do. Finish. But can I close here? When you go back and you think about the cross, never see the cross from a place that is clean. The cross was dirty. Church today makes it seem like that the cross was beautiful like this white dress my girl has on. All decorated. Got drip game on it. No suffering. Just all prosperity. New cars, new houses. I got everything I want but no suffering. The cross represented suffering. The cross represented suffering. The cross represented real life suffering. He suffered all day. He suffered with his lungs collapsing. He suffered, just like my girl said, in shame. To the point his mother didn't recognize who he was. And you and I have a problem when somebody talks about us. We give up on Jesus when it doesn't work. We give up and we turn around and we run and, and just see all right, just, just let him go. We give up on Jesus. When he doesn't answer the prayer. We give up on him. Why? Because you don't really understand. What suffering looks like. Come on look right here. Everybody stay here. Stay here. Because the enemy doesn't want you to hear about suffering. The enemy wants you to hear about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lord thy God said that if you sow this $100 offering. I'm going to open up the windows of heaven. And pour out a blessing upon you. And you won't have room enough to receive it. Receive what? Receive this suffering. The word of the Lord says. That if you sow $1,000. I'm going to put you on a cross. And let you die. But if you trust me enough with the seed that you're about to sow, I'll resurrect you like you've never been resurrected before. Nobody would give. 
Because we've made the cross so easy. We've made salvation. Somebody told you, oh, salvation is free. They lied to you. The moment you gave your life to Jesus Christ, and the moment you believed in your heart that he was the only begotten son, you lost all of your ability to make choices for yourself. He now becomes the head of your life. Are you hearing this? Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands. I really want you to hear this. If each and every one of us would just simply allow the garden to take place in our life, God can restore your family. He'll restore your dreams. He'll restore the brokenness of heart. He'll restore the bitterness. He'll. But you and I have to take a cup. A son's cry. We have to hear it. Come on, just lift your hands. Come on, change that sound. Give me piano. Lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands. Jesus, be the center of my joy. Jesus, be the center of my life. Come on, open up your mouth and say it. Come on, say, Jesus, be the center of my life. Jesus, be the center of my life. Come on, be strong. Come on, say, Jesus, be the center of my life. can't play with this anymore. We've got to allow Jesus to be the center. Come on, close your eyes. Come on, close your eyes. Let Jesus be the center of your life. Come on, let Jesus be the center of your life.
Say Jesus. From beginning to end. It's always been you, Jesus. Nothing else. Nothing else. You're the center. Jesus, you're the center. Everything. that night as he was being betrayed at the table he took the bread he blessed it he broke the bread served the cup, the cup of redemption, a cup that would cause us to never thirst again. The cup, the wine, represents his blood, the redeeming agent for all sin. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord, 
I ask that you forgive us of all sin. Lord, in Jesus' name, I confess with my heart, my soul, and my mind that my spirit believes that Jesus died on the cross and rose again to be Savior and to be Lord. I believe that he is the only begotten Son of the Father. In Jesus' name, take away all sin. In Jesus' name, I stand under the redeeming power of a risen Savior who now sits at the right hand of his Father. In Jesus' name. As you come around on today, please partake in the Lord's Supper. Amen. And to each and every one of you, I pray that each and every one of you will have a great day. I'm praying for all of my children. I'm praying for all of the young people. I had to go to Seven Day Adventist Church on yesterday.